0: Welcome to episode number 155 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording March the 27th, 2022. My name is Eric, I'm the host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. I started a small preparedness company to help people uh, get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer.
1: And I'm Jeff. I'm based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, and general overall handyman.
0: I'm sure everybody has noticed by now that uh, Ian is missing. Something about just hating the audience and not wanting to be here. So he chose not to be here this evening. He might pop in later, we'll see. But uh, if you want to help support the show, keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. Uh, We've got both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch, both available at prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled.
1: And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Uh, We want your feedback, good or bad, or if you want to know where Ian or Alan are tonight, uh, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca.
0: Aren't they just one person?
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. They think they're two, but.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we've got some uh, radiating content for you in this episode. Let the jokes continue. Uh, First, we're going to start off with some recent news articles. Uh, Then we're going to let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode. Then we're going to get to the main topic, uh, antenna placement and concealment. Yes, I get a chance to nerd out tonight, so hang on. It's going to be thrilling. (laughs) Let's move into the news. So I've got an article here from CBC. Uh, I know that everybody's boo. probably realized this already. Yeah, I know, boo. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's just titled, uh, Surgent gas prices have Ottawa businesses prepping uh, their own price hikes. So the price uh, the price hikes, I'm sure you've already seen them happening across the board for all kinds of things that you're shopping for, but suspect it's probably gonna get worse as the, uh, the fuel prices continue to skyrocket. So. If you've got that last minute thing on your list that you want to add to your, uh, your preps um, now is probably time to do it before the, uh, before the prices jack back up. (laughs) Kyle's right in the live chat here, four and a half hours of antenna talk, bring it on. Here we go. Yep.
1: (laughs) I'll
0: try to keep it down to three and a half. We'll see.
1: Uh, So I've got a couple articles that kind of link together. Um, so obviously, with everything that's going on, um, food, shortages, sorry, food shortages are a thing and they're going to happen. Even uh, Sleepy Joe Biden there said that um, considering everything that's going on, he said the world will experience food shortages as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It is going to be real, was his comment. Um He also uh, went on to say that um, him and uh, Trudeau had a discussion uh, about increasing their national agricultural production to make up for the shortfalls. That leads me into my second uh, news article, which is about fertilizer shortages threatening crops. So I don't know how Biden and Trudeau think that they're going to increase food production when there's a massive shortage of fertilizer. in the article I've put in, it's from Reuters and they even uh, interviewed or talked to one um, canola producer and just like the whole issue with the toilet paper at the beginning of Corona and all that, he stocked up with a couple of years of fertilizer already. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm the last person to ever want government intervention into anything, but I, I think somewhere, somehow there needs to be some sort of a way to, Regulate the the fertilizer where everybody at least gets something. Um, if it's if it's all scooped up by the small or sorry by the large um, producers, all of the bunch of the little farmers are just going to say it's not worth my while to do it. If I'm only going to get fifty percent production by the time I pay for my fuel and I pay for everything else, I'm not going to make any money, so I'm just not going to bother planting, and that's not going to help any of us. That's true.
2: I guess it begs the question if they could increase the amount of Production they they could make on a given amount of land beforehand. Why didn't they do so?
1: Who's that? Good
0: question. Yeah. So so while uh, while you were talking about your news article there, Jeff, I muted my mic and I whispered CGN three times and look what happened. Oh, I wow. don't know what you yep. thought. I was
2: always here. It just it takes <laughs> me a little while to put on the makeup to, to look this good. That's all.
0: <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm right. just I'm just not even gonna no. i nope. that one alone.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. Alright. shall we move into what we've done lately for preps
1: so i uh after being lazy for a little bit of time and having stuff to do in the winter i've uh, got back to work on my faraday box i've got my wheels on it i've got some of the lining on the inside of it um i'll continue to go at it this week if it warms up a little bit it's uh minus 10 here right now and snowing a little bit so um And into that, I've uh, started my firewood already for next season. So, hopefully, I'll be uh, done in my uh, woodshed will be full by the uh, end of April, hopefully. So,
0: very nice. Yeah. So for myself, I just started building uh, my first battery box. So I've got a plastic uh, 50 cal um, ammo can and drilled a bunch of holes in it and got the uh, the switches mounted and. Half, uh, half a plan is what I want to do with it, so finally decided to start building that thing, and yeah, so far it's coming along. Learning a few uh, few things, made a few mistakes here and there, but that's why I got a second ammo can, so I can uh, learn from the first one.
2: Well, yeah, my first uh, ammo can has a bunch of scratches where I tried to use a spade bit to dry and drill the hole versus a hole saw. Yeah, Oh, a big mistake.
0: Yeah, I, I tried the spade bit, I didn't have an issue.
2: Uh, I just got but, a little uh, bit rammy with it and kind
1: of destroyed it, but anyway. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going That's to uh, run it off a of solar panel, Eric, to charge it? Is that your plan? Or? I'm, I'm
0: going to try, yeah. I'm going to see what happens. I've got the, the panel here, so we'll see. Worst case, I'll let the smoke out. Best case, uh, it charges and it works. We'll yeah. see.
2: Quick tip for anybody uh, looking to put cigarette lighter adapters or USB chargers in the, the ammo box. It's a 1 and one eighth bit, spade bit or hole saw bit. works perfectly for all those ones you get off AliExpress.
0: Learned that the hard way and made the hole a little bit too small the first time around. And then tried to do it with a bigger spade bit. Yeah, it catches and throws things around. That's what Dremels are for. Oh, you know, I didn't want to go downstairs and get the Dremel.
2: (laughs) As for myself, uh, yeah, last week I took delivery of all that uh, gravel and soil. I think I talked about that. So I spent uh, a good couple days uh, basically loading up the quad trailer and... You know, driving it over and dumping it off where I'm going to be putting the greenhouse. Uh, yeah, the wife is outside with a bullhorn and a, and a bullwhip to make sure I didn't stop working or anything else. And yeah, it was a lot of manual labor. <laughs> so that kind of tired me out for most of the stuff. Um, work, obviously, I'm at work right now, as you can see. Um, let's see here, I guess the other thing is I did actually wasn't going to say the words CGN, but actually, oh, there it I is. Mean, literally, I did not do a CGN deal this week. I did a Discord deal. So there's a difference.
0: Oh. Well done.
2: Yeah. Interesting. I I sold something on Discord. So that was good. So,
0: uh, yeah. Branching out. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Ian. Yeah. Well done.
2: Broaden my horizon, so to speak. (laughs) Multi platformer. Um, Yeah. So, other than that, really not much else for me. It was kind of a slow week. Just uh, kind of crappy weather, bad scheduling, everything else. I had a couple other things going on at home there just to keep myself busy. And yeah, there we
0: are. Very nice. All right. Well. Let's move into the main topic, shall we? So, did everybody bring their snack, their coffee, their beanie hat with their little propeller? Got a pocket There's protector a here to flash shirt. Does Perfect. that count? Perfect. That, that's great. We're good. To got go. a
1: pocket protector there too, <laughs> Ian?
0: Yep. Yep. Pocket protector. Good. Good. i good. me get glasses here. We'll, we'll, we'll nerd <laughs> right out then. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to get into uh, antenna placement and concealment. So, first off, why do we want to talk about this? Those are fantastic glasses, Ian. Yeah, they right, like so. <laughs> so why do we want to talk about this? So first thing, there's all kinds of reasons why you might want to hide an antenna. Uh, it could be because uh, shit has hit the fan. You're trying to be covert about your communication ability and you don't want anybody else to know. Uh, well, times are good. You could live in a homeowner's association that just simply doesn't allow you to put antennas up. And if you put them up, they tell you to take them down and you get into a big argument, blah, blah, blah. So something that's uh, you know, a little bit more hidden, they're not gonna cause a fuss with you and you can carry on with uh, being a radio nerd. Uh, maybe your significant other just hates having antennas around your property uh, and you wanna make them concealed so uh, he or she is not uh, mad at you all the time when they see said antennas. Uh, municipality rules as well. You can have some bylaws in your area that just simply prohibit your, uh, your ability to put uh, antennas up. Uh, OPSEC, so operational security. If you're looking to maybe hide the fact that you have communication ability, uh, even while times are good, uh, you don't want the neighbors to know that you're uh, you're able to communicate with uh, folks around the world or you don't want certain people to know, uh, at least you can get your antennas up and you can hide them and people just have no idea that you're even operating radio equipment at your house. as well, we're going to talk about this because uh, just knowledge for quick deployment, we're going to get into some uh, some easy ways to get some antennas set up very quickly uh, and knowledge of getting things set up in all kinds of different environments um, and ideas just to kind of get your brain thinking about different ideas. Because I know when I first got into this, I had the, the mentality of I need to get a s- stupid big tower and put all these antennas on it and it's going to be really obvious that it's there and well, it's not uh, not necessarily the way I've learned quite a bit in my uh, my last couple of years uh, getting antennas set up. So uh, yeah, there's all kinds of different ways we can do this and uh, ways that you can do it where it's blatantly obvious that they're there and ways that you can do it where it's not anywhere near obvious even at all to people. So
2: I have a quick question for you. So like, I absolutely. don't know about Strata stuff like in Canada, because like HOA is more of an American thing, right? Um, mm-hmm where well, we have like strata, usually condominiums or like townhouse deployments and everything else. I know they're pretty bad about generators, and barbecues and everything else yeah. on the deck. Are they bad about antennas too?
0: I've heard that they are. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Canadian folks posting in like the Homeowner Association threads uh, online for ham operators, just saying like, it's, you know, people don't want to see big giant towers, right? And a lot of those, um, those areas in Canada as well will have rules and regulations. There's some even around here that are, you know, your fence can only be this certain type. You cannot have trailers, you cannot have antenna towers, you can't have anything that does that isn't the same as everybody else's house. So uh, it, it exists around here. I don't know about all all across Ontario or all across Canada, but it is definitely well, a thing.
1: Down down where my, uh, my mom lives, she's in a bit of a, a condo complex and they do have the, the homeowners association and oh. they built the fences and you're not allowed oh. to have anything that is higher than the fence. Her neighbor put up uh, one of those um, clothes racks that that kind of folds mm. out and looks like a Christmas tree. You fold it out, and it was above the, uh, the fence, and they made them take it down. It was only like yep. a foot above the fence. They made them take it down.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, there's definitely uh, some areas where, yeah, there's just rules that prevent you from doing it. And I know here the municipality has certain rules about uh, – putting up antennas and towers and such. They can only be in your backyard. They can't be in the front yard. Uh, They can't extend from the backyard to the front yard. So there's rules there. That boils down to just don't piss off your neighbors so they don't call. But, you know, (laughs) you're going to have that at times, right?
2: Yeah, interesting about the quick deployment too. So uh, funny story. A guy I know was telling me a story about his dad during the war and uh, they were in occupied territories and they actually had to... Anyway, after the fire died down at night, erect an antenna up the chimney stack, stick it out the top of the house so they could actually receive the BBC at night, and then yep. take it down in the morning before <laughs> anybody yep. knew what was going on. Of course, they couldn't transmit because then get, like, DF'd on it. Uh, but they, they so I had to have somebody that knew how to assemble a radio from components that were hidden around the house every night, as well as assemble the antenna to a working uh, system. In order to actually like get information, so like, you think about Ukraine with the uh, shortwave transmissions down, everything else, and if things get really dicey about like information dissemination, it's very interesting to see how this could actually still mm-hmm. come into play to an extent, right?
0: No, absolutely. I, it can come into play, like you said in in Ukraine. It can come into play, like even while a lot of times are good, where you just want to play radio, so you set your your antenna up quickly and then do your thing, and then take it down a couple hours after you're done, just. Because maybe you have some rules, or regulations in your area that just strictly prohibit it. Or like I said, you got a significant other that just absolutely hates it. So you wait until he or she goes, uh, goes away for a couple hours, you set everything up and the take it down before they come home. But, but uh, yeah, we're going to get into some stuff here. So.
1: Or like you say, again, you're in that should hit the fan scenario where you don't want people knowing what you're doing. So yep. set it up, do what you got to do and take it back down.
0: Or
2: you could also play with the, uh, if they have a um, I guess a bylaw that says nothing permanent installation. You yeah, have mm-hmm. to keep it up for a day or two, then break it down and still, if you're getting around that too.
0: It's all about wording
1: there.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> now we're getting <laughs>
1: old lawyer around everything somewhere.
2: No. No. <laughs> Actually, before we carry on with the antennas, um, one of the guys had a comment right from the beginning there. I don't know if you guys covered that one too with the uh, uh, the farming thing
0: uh, or not.
2: No. as he says, Trudeau and Biden are going to get involved with farming. Oh man, we're really going to starve. <laughs> um, well, if I guess the Great Leap Forward and the Holodomor are any indication of government involvement with farming, it, yeah, clearly we're going to starve. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, even actually the Saskatchewan Wheat Pool or the, uh, the the Alberta Wheat Pool, all that stuff, you know, when they regulated the price of wheat, that was just a disaster over the course of decades and finally when they got rid of it, I think a lot of the guys were at first had to adjust, but then I think in the long run, they're all happier, but
0: Anyway, I'll, uh, I'll touch on this comment here, too, from Denny. Uh, he just says, uh, coming coming next month, Eric will tell us how he was able to connect to ham operators on the moon. Well, I have bounced signals off the International Space Station. So uh, and there are, reflectors,
2: there are reflectors on the moon, too, are there not? There are. Yep, yes. there are.
0: So you might not be wrong there, Denny. I know you were kind of trying to crack a joke there, but yeah, it might actually happen.
2: Bigger question is, <laughs> if we didn't go to the moon, who put them there?
0: Mm. <laughs> Everybody, get your tinfoil hats on. You thought this was an antenna episode, yeah. Okay, back to business. All right, These back to business
1: going 100 yep. miles an
0: hour. All right, so let's touch on uh, it's actually going to start out with I'm just going to describe some different types of antennas and then we'll get into kind of how they're set up. Uh, and then guys, feel free to jump in as we go and, and go from there. So, first off, um, dipole. So you can set up a, a pretty easy dipole antenna, it's single band. Uh, so they're uh, they're set up a quarter wavelength on each side. So you'll have uh, the center uh, isolator in the center, uh, or insulator, sorry. And then you'll have your two wires going off either way. So at the left and the right. Uh, each side has uh, a nice, uh, an isolator as well, uh, used to connect the support, so, or insulator. So I don't know why I keep saying isolator, but an insulator. So you get your insulator in the middle, you got your wires spread out, quarter uh, wavelength each side for whatever band you're looking to work with. And then you've got your insulators on either side as well. So you can tie off to a tree, you can tie off the posts, you can tie off to wherever it is you're, uh, you need to tie off to the support your your antenna. And it is literally just wire, and easy it can, to come it, across.
2: Is it positive one side, negative one the other?
0: Uh, positive one, negative the other, if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so like I said, simple wire antenna, Easy to conceal in treed areas. So if you want to hide it, you can run it through trees. You can run it along uh, in by trees. It's not a, not a big deal. There, there are some stories about uh, if you're pushing a lot of heavy power, um, you can potentially light something on fire, but um, that's what I've read that I've never seen it. Uh, but on the ends, if you're pushing a lot of power, it could, uh, so kind of keep it away from the trees if you're worried about that. Uh, but uh, you know, you can do multi configurations with a dipole. Um, So whatever's going to fit your area, don't be afraid to kind of move it around a little bit. If you have to, it doesn't have to be like perfectly straight, like uh, across on either side, it it can slope a little bit. There can be a little bit of sag in the wire. It's not going to be a huge, huge deal. You don't want it to be like a big U shape on either side. You still want it a little bit taut, but uh, a little bit of sag is not going to be the end of the world. Um, So horizontal, like I said, support on either end, Uh, the wire's straight on both ends. uh, coax feeds at the center point, so you still have to get some coax to this. Um, that's the one. That's the one fun part with all the antennas is you have to get your coax to them. Um, so you'd run your coax up to the center feed point, and then it from there your wire comes out. Uh, you can run that uh, horizontal. You can do an inverted V as well. So if you uh, if you don't have the room to run your coax up to the center, and then run your wires across horizontally, you can put a center support in the middle. Run your coax up the uh, up the middle, uh, up that center support, and then have your dipole or your two wires run down. Um, so it's literally a V upside down or an inverted V. So uh, they, the points come down to the ground, uh, and then you tie them off. You want to leave them a little bit above the ground. You don't want them coming right down and touching the ground. So you want some space between the ground and the end of the wire. Um, so that's where your your insulators come in. You tie some rope off on the uh, on either end. And then tie them to a support, uh, so that can either be, uh, you know, some people will use um, tent pegs, um, you could use uh, the end of your fence, um, a post of some sort. Uh, but the idea is that it's just not going to take up as much room because they're coming down on an angle, uh, in a V shape. Uh, you could also do an inverted L. So these get uh, a little bit easier as far as coax goes because your coax feed is at the bottom uh, of the L, uh, run vertical straight up and then across uh, and that's your inverted L so again uh, we're not trying to pull any wool over anybody's eyes here in the description of what they are literally a V is the V shape just upside down and an L is the L shape uh, well, again I think we uh, can just like uh,
2: google that too to get a good picture of it absolutely yeah
0: yeah there's all kinds of, uh, of images on google for uh, for inverted Vs for dipoles for inverted Ls um, and they kind of show you what the what the shape should look like they'll show you where your feed points are and and all that Um, and again uh, that was kind of my one downfall when i first started playing around with antennas is i thought they had to be very rigid very you know straight line straight line Uh, again if there's a little bit a little bit of sag here and there or a little bit of movement in them it's not going to be is it going to affect the radiation pattern yeah of course it is but if you're if you're looking to um, set something up pretty quickly you don't have to sit there and you know line it up 100% perfect and get it good, and nice and tight. And um, you don't have to you don't have to be that crazy with it. Uh, that's the nice thing with the um, with the wire antennas. But if a and and a single like a, a single wire dipole antenna um, is simply a single wire, so it is going to mix in with your surrounding location very easily. Um, if you can mix it in, like I said, in in around some trees, or if you can mix it in with some bushes or or even high up in the air, most people aren't going to pick up on it. Um, it's it's going to be obvious to you because you put it there, but most people just driving by, chances are they're not going to see it. It's, uh, it doesn't have to be a very thick uh, wire. It can, be, it can be a thinner gauge wire up in the air. Uh, the trick is going to be hiding your coax because it's going to be a little bit thicker, a little bit more obvious. Um, so an inverted L might be, if you're really concerned about that, might be your best choice. Because it's going to be, your feed point going to be down at the ground, so it's not going to be nearly as obvious. Um, and by feed point, I mean where your coax connects to the antenna. So you're going to have a, a connector, either a, like an N-type or a PL259-type connector, um, or BNC or however whatever connector type you want, um, that your feed point is where your coax connects to your antenna. So you have to keep that in mind that you're going to have that as well. So.
2: Well, I think with a lot of this stuff, too, is that, you know, with all the, like, there's more and more antennas floating around everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to tune them out for the most part, yep. except for when, you know, yeah, you still got a house that's got a couple of lights on and, and everything else that might come into play as well. But I guess it's more for the everyday thing. You just to be as unobtrusive as possible.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Denny's got a question here. Just, uh, could you basically run it like an old fashioned lightning rod? So that's, uh, Imagine that'd be like a vertical type of antenna on your roof. Yeah, it might antenna. You could try. That's half the part. That's half the fun with antennas is you're not going to know until you try. So try it. Set it up and see what happens.
2: I guess the other problem is if it acts like a lightning rod, <laughs> it attracts lightning, then you got to worry about <laughs> grounding issues too. So
0: Yeah, and all your antennas are going to attract lightning. It's it's a thing, right? Yeah. You big so big wire I guess hanging the- out in an open field. Yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> grounding is the other half. So
0: yes, grounding is definitely the other half. Yeah. So if uh, if just a regular dipole, you know, piece of wire up in the uh, up in the air is boring to you, and you want to kind of you know fancy it up a little bit, or you just want to get on more more bands, you could do a ma- uh, multi band dipole. Um, so you, you usually see that maybe referred to as a fan dipole. So what you're doing there, same kind of idea. Uh, you've got your your wire separated out but then you've got other wires that are also uh, uh, at the the same uh, same feed point feeds them but they're different lengths for different bands Um, so you'll have a an insulator between the wires that is um, keeping them apart and then they'll just run along so you'll have like a wire running along the top at a certain length you'll have a wire running along uh, underneath that one a certain length Another one underneath that at a certain length, and all of them separated by insulators, um, and then they're just all set to different bands.
2: Is it uh, so? How's that different from say, like a a dual band antenna that's on a truck or whatever with a loading
0: coil? Just the way that the um, it splits. The loading coil splits the um, the transmission and the receive. Same idea. It's uh, it's just it's the the wire is just different lengths. Um, The the loading coil just changes the uh, the antenna differently. It's also same kind of idea, but. Yeah, I hadn't heard of the fan dipole before, so. Yeah, they're they're fun little uh, little antennas, but you're adding more wire now. You're adding more surface area to the antenna, which makes it easier to pick up by the human eye, right? So you're, you're adding insulators between wires, so you have that now in the air. Uh, you've got multi-layers, so somebody who's looking for an antenna will see that probably easier than just a single wire up in the sky. So well, something to keep the- in mind for that.
2: It's gonna be a little more unusual looking for one, and also I guess it's gonna be a little more uh, sensitive to EMF energy, whether it be from EMPs or anything else, too, right? So,
0: this is true, yeah. Yeah. So, something to keep in mind. But um, if you want to get into some multi-band, you could do a fan dipole. There's a, there are obviously other ways of doing this as well. So please don't yell at me in the email later on down the road when you hear this. There's many many different ways. These are just some examples. I know there's going to be some sad hams listening that are going to fire some emails <laughs> off.
2: You've been listening to Not A Rubicon, haven't you?
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> He's awesome. He's fantastic. Uh, so then you can get into um, random length multibands. So this is where it gets a little bit more for your field uh, your field deployment or the all I have is this random chunk of wire. Um, shit has hit the fan and I need to get some signal out. Uh, same kind of setup. It's a dipole setup, uh, except you're using just any length of stranded copper wire—literally any length. Uh, you're going to want some ladder line, uh, and you're going to need a tuner. So this is where you get your—you your, know—your your wire requirements not as much, but your equipment uh, requirement goes up a little bit.
2: So. You want to explain what ladder line is?
0: Yeah. So ladder line literally looks like a ladder. So you may hear it um, referred to as window line um, or window wire, ladder ladder wire. It's literally two wires that run down parallel, and then uh, more that runs across, and they makes like a little window, and it just keeps going down, down, and down. It's just the length of your um, length of your feed line, and you use that uh, to help uh, with power loss. So you'll see those in antennas where you where there's potential for more power loss. Um, it just helps with that.
2: So it looks like old 35 millimeter film. Right. And uh, with holes, obviously in the middle, not um, that old Ian. Yeah. What's
0: that? <laughs> so I'm not that old. Ian. Nobody's
2: that old except for me and Scott, but, uh, the other thing yes, is you see, it's exactly it. Yeah. Same idea. So yeah, negative on one side, pa- positive on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, the spacers actually keep the two wires separated. So you don't Correct. have any interference as well. Right?
0: Yeah. So, so you need, like I said, you need a little bit more, uh, for this, uh, but If you just got a random chunk of of wire that uh, happens to be handy and you're a nerd like me and you carry some uh, ladder line around you're laughing Uh, but you do need a tuner so that's the one uh, the one trick with the with the dipoles you can trim the wire to resonate on the certain frequency you're looking for and you don't necessarily need a tuner for that you can if you can get it right down to uh, to where you want on uh, on your tuning then no tuner required on the random length uh, wire. You're going to want a tuner because it's random length. Right, so, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, Deshi Darius
2: points out there as well that uh, fan dipoles. What they're using uh, when they make the tape measure antenna, like the Abri, the foldable yeah. tactical antennas. Oh, right. Yep. And I was like, I didn't know that. So I had an Abri mm-hmm. one. It was just I got to do this one. It just didn't work very well, but. <laughs> my first camera was a 110. Oh, that's, that's, that's getting old school.
0: Wow. <laughs> ah. There you go. Uh, so again, uh, so random, random length, uh, multiband, uh, if you've got trees, hang it up, you can do the different configurations, dipole, the NFED, uh, L or inverted L again, Um uh, but trees are gonna be your friend here. If you, if you got access to some trees in your yard or wherever it is you're setting up, that's gonna be the way to do it. It's just, you can literally throw a wire up in the tree, feed it some coax and away you go. Uh, let see what Chris has to say here. Uh, most new radios only have coax cable antenna connection. So careful with the impedance of ladder line. Good to know.
2: You mentioned uh, using the slingshot or bow and arrow to get the wire up in the tree. Yep. So not why not bring out think. the
0: toys? No, but why not bring out the toys?
2: Yeah. I actually tried getting a line up into a tree with a, with a crossbow and you have to <laughs> aim way high because of the dragon created by the rope, right? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work nearly as easily as, uh, as the movies make it out to be.
0: Yeah. When I, when I put my first, uh, fed antenna up here, uh, I had uh, visions of going out and throwing the line up in the tree. No problem. I got my fishing rod out with the fishing line on it, had some uh, sinkers on the end. I thought, yeah, I'll just whip it up in the tree. No problem. But three hours later, still not where I wanted it. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. I
2: even tried doing this, the swinging with the weights, with the rope and trying to time it right. No, it still doesn't work. No,
0: it's definitely an art. It definitely takes a lot of practice to do. Uh, but in a pinch get it up in the tree try it if you get a you're you're doing better getting a signal out than not sending any signal out at all so uh would denny's got it, another it good point here be
1: easier to use something small like uh like fishing line or something put that on the end and yep. then throw it over and then pull that's your pull your wire up
0: yep that's what i tried it was just the pain getting it where i wanted uh, denny says uh, javelin throw that could work too yeah yep there's all kinds of different ways to get stuff up in the trees and whatever did, works for you, give it a If we lived
2: in a serious country, we could have like one of those can uh, uppers for the uh, the AR and just, you know, shoot a oh, weighted yeah. can with line in.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think somebody in the Discord shared that picture, didn't they? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. So I was pretty jealous about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole point is, you know, higher is better, but an antenna anywhere is better than no antenna. So if you can get it up higher, great, but we're going to get into some lower, some lower to ground antenna ideas as well. Um, So again, these, these antennas I've been talking about so far are literally just wire. There's no crazy magic about it. Just some wire, some coax, and away you go. So that, uh, that kind of blew my mind when I first got into this. I thought I was going to need all kinds of fancy big antennas and stuff. Literally some wire up in a tree, away you go. just to get rid of some myths there because a lot of people i think had the same view as i did is it's got to be these big fancy huge uh, antennas up on towers and those would be fun but they're not exactly inconspicuous right but getting away from the wire antennas for a bit uh, you can get into vertical antennas and what i'm talking about here so far is all for for hf band Um, so that's something else i should clarify so these are all for your Your high-frequency band, which allows you to do the whole worldwide communication thing, um, which I suspect is probably going to be something you're interested in, uh, in a shit-hit-the-fan type of situation. Uh, And it's also just fun to do in regular times because I'm a nerd. Some people will disagree with that. That's fine. I think it's fun. (laughs) Uh, Vertical antennas. As the name suggests, it's simply an antenna that is straight up in the air, and it's vertical. The fun part begins when you start getting into needing uh, radials or counterpoises. So you got your antenna that goes straight up vertical. Uh, your counterpoises are simply wires in the ground that run along uh, out from the antenna, uh, but you do need those for a vertical antenna. So keep that in mind. If you're setting one up, uh, you're gonna need to put those in place as well. Uh, so somewhere away from where people are going to be walking because they'll trip over it and then see that your antenna is there and well, you don't want that. So. But vertical antenna is an option. Uh, if you're going to do a mount on, say, the roof, you can do those. Those exist. Uh, ground mount antennas. Uh, but vertical is vertical. Uh, how many? All uh, bunch
1: options. How many counterpoises would you need for a vertical? Two, three? Can you just oh, do two you're on the
0: to You're going to start a fight, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of different uh, opinions on that. Um, some people will tell you ten, some will tell you fifteen, some will tell you two. Uh, literally, it's as many as you need to get your antenna tuned and get it reacting the way you want. Um, everybody's kind of got their own feel to it. Uh, but i with my vertical antenna that I take out to do uh, parks on the air, I've got about eight. But and that works well for my antenna. But each antenna is going to kind of react differently too. So it's um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kyle, uh, see here we go. We got our opinions coming in here already. So. Uh, we got Chris here saying that radials help, but they're not necessary with vertical antennas. So he's not wrong. You can set up your vertical antenna without it, uh, and depending on where you're set up and where you're you're located, it may work perfectly fine, um, or you might need to add some radials to uh, to help out with antenna. So it it completely depends on where you're set up as well. But uh, Chris is definitely not wrong. You uh, you can set them up without, and there are some that are actually designed to work without. So that's where it gets into knowing what your antenna needs and what your antenna doesn't.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because, like, you know, obviously the UE5R doesn't have a, a visible counterpoise, yeah. and I, I see seen how I've added one to mine uh, works fine. But where does the the ground plane versus radial kind of part come in? Like, you know, the, the roof of a truck could be a ground plane, right? Uh, yeah. You put your, your mag mount on there. So what's yep. the why doesn't that what have radials versus a, a ground plane?
0: Radials are doing the same thing as ground plane as far as I know. Okay. So it's just different different terminologies or different ways of doing it. Um, I had the problem with my truck for a little while when I was um, starting out doing the parks on the air mobile activations, where I had the, uh, the mag mount on the roof of the truck and then I had my vertical antenna from there and then it was all connected into my rig in the truck and I was getting terrible uh, SWR readings on it. So that's the reflection of power from the antenna back to the radio. Uh, I was getting just terrible, terrible uh, readings on that, so I'm not getting a lot of signal out at all. Uh, and I thought I'd have awesome ground plane having a big truck; it's all metal, right? But uh, as soon as I threw some radials on instead, then my SWR came down, and everything was happy. So it it's just it all depends on the vehicle and and how it's set up. And you're going to have to do some fiddling around, and that's where the whole amateur part comes into play. We can't we we don't know all of it. We are <laughs> amateur operators are, are exactly that, right? So. Except the sad hams, they're experts.
2: Well, yeah. Sad. yeah. I remember back in my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, so vertical antennas, totally a good option for you. Uh, you can get some that uh, fold up nice and small into a little kit that, that's very portable. That's what I have when I go out and do uh, parts on the air activations is a vertical. Uh, so they can be very inconspicuous that way. They're a little bit trickier to hide if you're gonna set them up uh, somewhere where there's gonna be people around. Uh, Chris also has a pretty good point uh, in the live chat here about uh, if you're setting up wires, and this goes for any antenna as well. Um, so wires high enough that no a uh, passerby can't touch it. Uh, safety for not not only just about signal, uh, but that goes for any kind of antenna you're setting up. Make sure that uh, it's not accessible to the random person walking by because inevitably they will walk by and want to touch it.
2: Or some so, going to back up their their high level truck to it or whatever, yeah. like a big you know a cube van or whatever. Exactly.
0: Uh, and another safety tip. Stay away from power lines. Why? We got that one in there. Well, because you don't
2: you get want extra all the power f- from it. What's the you problem? Do. Yeah,
0: Is, you get yeah, extra. Yeah, but f-
1: isn't that an unlimited uh, <laughs> length of an antenna? Come on,
0: it's an unlimited length of an antenna, and it's the end of um, the end of you probably doing any transmitting.
1: It's it's
2: quick workaround to get that power limitation out of the way.
0: You know, it, true, true. Yeah, that power limitation. Uh, minor be gone.
1: inconvenience.
0: Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but there you go. Thirty-six minutes, and we finally have our safety talk done. So.
2: Does it create
0: uh, these carbon monoxide? Oh, 36 minutes, 52 seconds. <laughs> and Kyle's here for the stats tonight, unless he left. <laughs> Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he did. So next antenna, vertical antenna still. Um, I thought this one was kind of cool. I dug into it a little bit. Um, I would heard reference about them, but I hadn't really seen what they were about or what, what it actually meant. But it's literally a flagpole antenna, literally a flagpole. So if you want to get inconspicuous and, uh, you know, people have flagpoles in and around where you are, you can set this up. You can literally put a flag on it uh, and all it has is the little match box uh, down at the bottom. So that's where your, your coax connects. So it's literally just a little box. Uh, coax plugs in there so you can hide that with some bushes around the bottom of the, the, uh, the flagpole if you want. Uh, but that's... I would say that's pretty inconspicuous uh i looked at some pre-manufactured ones uh, while i was getting these notes ready they're expensive they're not cheap you know they they average around a, starting at about a thousand bucks us for a pre-manufactured one but if you want to be super inconspicuous nothing but having a flagpole
2: well i mean a flagpole is usually pretty good in, in heavy winds too right so i mm-hmm. mean if you think about it, it's not going to get blown over very easily it probably doesn't require external supports so if you're limited in guy wire, you could put guy wires and stuff. That would probably be a, a better idea too, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's literally set up like you would put a, a regular flagpole in your front lawn, and you could be patriotic while you're at it. Why not? Put an
2: upside down Canadian flag on it or something. Yeah, if
0: that's what you choose to yeah. do, that's what you choose to do. Pirate yeah. flag or <laughs> pirate flag would be great, and you could start transmitting some pirate radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, I thought those were kind of a neat uh, a neat option, uh, especially if you're in. Uh, like a homeowners association type of setup, where they might not necessarily allow your uh, your antennas. Put a flagpole up; they're probably not going to yell at you about that.
2: Well, because you could accuse them of being anti-patriotic or something or unpatriotic. Exactly.
0: Yep. Exactly. So, oh, those were kind of cool. Uh, rain gutter antennas. So again, uh, something that's be fairly hidden. Um, you got to run your coax somewhere, but if you run it in like around the back of your house or somewhere inconspicuous. Uh, you can make it happen, but you can literally run wire along your um, along your gutters, or you can turn the gutters into an antenna. Uh, so, really, it's an option. Yeah, you'd have to bond them together. Uh, they'll have to be metal, right? You can't do it with plastic gutters. If you got plastic gutters, that's a thing. But
2: because um, like yeah. most gutters would be a, uh, either plastic or aluminum, but the aluminum yep. ones would they would conduct, I guess. So I mean, they would. Uh, yep. But what about the fact that they're touching aluminum soffits and stuff like that? Wouldn't that mess it up as well?
0: That yeah, would probably. You're not gonna. It's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. Right? That's that's the thing. Uh, people do do them, and especially in in homeowner association type of setups where you, you can't change the property at all. Uh, but just a thought too, if you're in a really crappy situation and you've got rain gutters on your house, they have to be bonded together, so they all have to be connected, right? Um, there can't be any cracks, there can't be anything like that, uh, but you can turn a rain gutter into, into an antenna.
2: Well, at the very least, the gutter sticks down probably about half an inch to an inch underneath the soffit anyway, so you probably put a wire behind it Like if you had to do a coax or an antenna wire.
0: You could do do that too. And just
2: kind of glue it into place or whatever.
0: So you're either running wire along or turning the actual gutter itself into an antenna. That's half the fun part of playing with antennas is you start looking at things going, hmm, will it antenna? Let's find out. Why not? (laughs) Oh boy, he
2: had to ask. Can you use a solid, (laughs) Scott asks, can you use a solid gold gasifier as an antenna? Scott, Scott? I left you you two gasifier articles in the Discord group. You should have been happy with that. Don't come on the show and earn it.
0: Scott, we are not answering your questions because you couldn't bother the show up tonight. That's right. Yeah, simple as that. (laughs) But it does beg the question, will it antenna? You know what? One day if we ever build a solid gold wood gasifier, we'll try it. Why not? Gold
2: conducts electricity quite well.
0: Well, there you go. We'll try it. Uh, Fence antenna. So now we're getting into kind of the lower ground uh, type of setups, but again, just some wire, but you can run it along your fence. So depending on the size of your yard, you can run it along the fence, uh, just some random wire. And that's completely, I I don't think anyone's going to really notice that unless they're really looking closely at your fence with just some wire stapled along it. If anybody asks, it's a dog fence. You know, one of those electric dog fences, right? You don't have to tell them that it's your ham radio antenna for when the the end of the world happens if you want to talk to the zombies. Just tell them that it's to keep the dog from digging under the fence. And there it is, right? So, but real simple, again, this one blew my mind because I had one of those electric dog fences here uh, and it was literally wire that ran all the way along the fence. Oh my God, it it could actually be an antenna. Huh, haven't done it yet, but I probably will. But if it's it energized
2: work. to actually work with the dogs would actually still be able to conduct a, a different signal as well
0: uh if it was energized for that I, I wouldn't uh, there'd be a lot of interference at that point right yeah but it's uh, ours isn't energized anymore so I could use it for other things I'm going to probably ask the question will it antenna and it'll probably be on what I've done lately for preps in a two little two while weeks. yeah mm, <laughs> no nah, I wouldn't give it two weeks nah got a lot of other stuff going on right now but it is on the list because why not? It's here, it already runs the fence line of the house. So, but that's another option, right? And that's, that's a pretty inconspicuous one. I'd put that one up there with uh, the flagpole antennas of one that people aren't gonna really notice because you can hide that fairly well in a, in a fence line without any issue. Uh, and then we're getting, uh, when we talked about um, the setups where you, you set them up, and you take them down. Um, so look at mobile antennas. Um, so like your buddy pole or your Wolf River coils. So those are antennas that are set up, um, to be portable already. Um, they're kind of targeted towards like the parks on the air, the field, uh, field day folks, uh, but they're, they're set up already to be portable, but some people do use them at their house as their, their permanent setup as well, or their semi-permanent setup, sorry. Um, so you can set it all up. They come with uh, tripods already. They come with all the connectors, and everything you need, um, uh, Just set them up, tune them to the frequency you want, and they're also designed to be easily broken down. So they're they're pretty quick to set up, and then you can get transmitting. Um, And they're mobile, so they kind of you know there's there's two uh, there's two facets to them. There, you can use them if you gotta take off or bug out or whatever, or you can use them as your setup at home. Um, They're they're fairly affordable. There's obviously a price to them because they are manufactured. So um, you know you're you're gonna pay for for somebody else's time to build them, but they're they're already manufactured and ready to go for you as well so, so that's another option uh completely inconspicuous attic antennas so this one's kind of cool this is kind of uh the first setup i had when i first kind of started delving into the the world of ham radio um, literally you can run your wire antenna in the attic and then run your coax feed line however your a significant other says you can drill holes in the roof or or If you gotta you gotta hide it some other ways, well you gotta still get that coax. That's the that's the kicker to the whole thing, right? Is you gotta get the coax to the antenna and to your radio. But
2: I'm surprised this isn't done more often because mm-hmm. you think okay, it's gonna be protected from lightning because it's not gonna be the super highest point in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously not visible. Uh, Steve, I think one of the other panelists mentioned that he keeps a J pole in the attic. Uh, yep. He's he's giving it a try, but. Um, would it not cause some signal loss having to go through oh, the, the shingles and the wood yeah. and you know, everything else?
0: Oh, you're, yeah, you're going to get signal loss for sure. It's, uh, it, yeah, of course. I mean, it's not like electrically inside,
2: transparent but, is what
0: I get at, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, this is, you know, this is if you really want to be inconspicuous, you, you got to kind of pro and con it out. You're going to get some signal loss, yes. But like I said as well, the antenna is inside. So it's, yeah, you got to balance it out. It all, It's all dependent on kind of what your setup is and how, how hidden you want things to be. Uh, Darius mentions in the chat are uh, attic antennas a bigger fire risk. I wouldn't be pushing big power through them. If you're going to get into the world of amplifiers and such, I'm not. I wouldn't be doing that in an attic. But that's just personal preference for me.
2: It depends on what's up there too, right? If it's yeah. you know it's safe and sound surrounding it, or it's one thing. But if it's like you know maybe old wood chips or something <laughs> insulation, that's another problem. Yep. But yeah, I think extended transmissions versus reception only there'd be like different use cases. I guess it would be. Yep. Uh, problem, right?
0: Yeah, and then keep in mind too, if you've got a steel roof or or some kind of metallic roof, this is not for you. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was my next question,
2: because a lot of people do that out here too. So, yeah, Chris mentions he's got uh, a bunch of them in his (laughs) attic as well. Perfect hiding place, 16 feet attic. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That would help too. Uh, And actually, I was thinking of a buddy of mine down in the southern half of the island. He's got a uh, a giant attic up there too, and that'd be a perfect place to have a ham shack, come to think Mm -hmm. of it, because it's, you know, not even part of the regular house, but
0: Huh. Interesting. Yeah, So it's an option and again, I'm talking like HF antennas here, but you could put your uh, VHF, UHF uh, antennas in the attic as well. Um, it all depends on what works best for your scenario. Uh, but again, the, the attic antennas are going to need room, right? You're going to want to keep the antennas away from electrical. If there's any duct work up there, um, run them, run the wire like up near the peak um, and you know, don't be afraid to bend it around if you need to. I right? think like that's well, That's I think it's just as, the way it is.
2: As long as the electrical length stays the same, it's fine. It doesn't matter if it's bent or not, yep. right?
0: Nope, it's not going to know. And so if you got to bend it a bit, bend it. Don't be afraid to do that. I actually, my first one that I had set up, I had it zigzagging all around. I was just kind of messing around to see if it would work or, or what. I, I had no idea what I, I had no idea what I was doing, and well, I don't have any idea now. I just kind of guess.
2: Well, yeah, because if you do <laughs> a quad loop antenna and still have it work, yep. I mean, you know, a couple of bends here and there isn't going to kill anything either, no. right?
0: No, that's half the fun—is kind of guessing at it, setting it up, running it around, throwing it on the analyzer if you've got one to see where you're at, and then plugging it in and see what you get. Right? It's—it's it's half the fun of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so an, uh, attic antennas definitely a, an option for you if you're looking to be completely inconspicuous and you want nobody to see them ever, except you know if you got a service guy coming in to work on something in the attic at some point. Well, they're going to see it. But your average Joe walking by the back of the house is not going to see it. Um, uh, but then getting up, up, uh, onto the roof, uh, vent antennas. So it's kind of the same idea that you mentioned there, Ian, about the, the whole chimney antenna. Mm-hmm. You can, you can use the vents on your roof that are normally the plumbing vents, right? Yeah. Um, you can use them to kind of hide your antennas. So if you're looking for, for places to hide or, or conceal your, your setup, if they're tall enough, hide them.
2: Well, and the nice thing is too, is you can even tape them to the outside of the vent because they're all PVC anyway. So it's not like exactly. it's going to be a problem there and. Yep, um, it still kind of work.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, so always be aware of kind of your, your area that you're working in, and if there's something that can help conceal the antenna, if that's what you're trying to get at, use it. Why not? Um, magnetic loops. So this is one that I haven't really played with yet. Uh, I'm I'm somewhat familiar with them. A couple of the uh, the ham operators around here use these. They'll hide them in uh, in various areas, but they're small and compact. Um, you can hide them in bushes. You can hide them in trees. You can hide them really anywhere you want. So it's.
2: What is a magnetic loop antenna?
0: So it is a magnetic loop antenna. And that's okay. about as far as I've gotten. Thanks. Very helpful. <laughs> that's why I said I've got very, very little <laughs> knowledge on, on the magnetic loops. Like I've only heard of them, I've seen them a little bit. I know a couple of the guys around here use them, and they specifically hide them in bushes and trees because their wives don't like antennas. So.
2: Sounds like a Dyson product or something.
0: You, you probably, yeah. You probably pay triple the price for for half the product, yeah. Yeah, but but just an option. I wanted to put it out there because I know a couple of the guys here use them, and they say that they're they're pretty good for keeping uh, significant others at bay and happy. So.
2: Okay, so uh, Ryan wins for the the idea of the episode. Uh, make antlers with conductive material and mount the deer head on the top of the workshop. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Spray it. Spray it with aluminum or something, and yeah. I, um,
0: I've got. A, I've got a new willow antenna uh, project. I think.
2: Yeah. Actually, it's so funny because I, I was doing a little research for this as well, and yep. besides watching Hogan's Heroes episodes, which is awesome for radio concealment, <laughs> um, a couple of guys had some really good ideas on YouTube as far as like uh, integrating it with your garden projects, or whatever. So if you have like. Um, you know, tomato wire stands, or even you know, the, his favorite was plastic plants. So if you have like yeah. plastic ivy on like some sort of lattice work or something, it is nothing to wrap a or to weave a, a wire through there through the lattice work, and the plastic <laughs> ivy covers it, doesn't rust, doesn't make it super moist or anything else, and um, it stays green all year round, so the leaves don't fall off and you don't see the wire hanging there afterwards. And nice. even if you have a vertical like fake. Palm tree or whatever like you know yep. whatever on your deck with especially with the hoas and the condos and stuff um great way to conceal the um antenna with something that is allowed versus something that might not be allowed and um i guess he was really concentrating on plastic just because keeping the leaves around year-round
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. and it works well yeah i'm sure right
2: so. and like i said hogan's heroes man toilet stacks <laughs> and you know fence lines <laughs> and coffee cans and
0: yep. yeah well, that's <laughs> awesome no, the the fun part with antennas is just going out there, setting them up, and seeing what happens. Because sometimes you'll you'll look at it and go, "I don't think this is going to work at all," and it works a hundred times better. So it's don't be. I guess the the whole takeaway from this episode is don't be afraid to play around with a setup and see what happens.
2: Well, yeah, because actually I'm kind of curious as the ideas people come up with that are smarter than me, which is pretty much everybody. So. I want to uh, get some good ideas for how to like keep it on the down low around my place too, because I've got nosy neighbors, so. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Well, let's touch on uh, tools and equipment that you're going to need to do this. Uh, it's a quick list, nothing fancy. Uh, obviously you're going to need some wire and some wire cutters. That's kind of a given. Uh, really handy to have is going to be an antenna, antenna analyzer. Uh, those can get pretty expensive, uh, but what I use right now and I found quite handy is a Nano VNA. Those run about 50, 60 bucks. Um, it's done me well so far. I know some some people poo-poo them, think they're terrible. Other people like them. It's worked well for me so far. I'd, I'd like, you know, uh, a rig expert or a or, or nice fancy or antenna analyzer. Uh, it's on the list, but for now, the Nano VNA was, was in my budget and it gets the job done. So if that's something that's on your list, have a look at them. There's all kinds of YouTube videos out there. Uh, about how to use them um, you're going to need some coax cable obviously if you're making your own coax cable you're going to need some crimpers uh, and a soldering iron as well to get the uh, the ends on the cable and it is not nearly as difficult as uh, people would have you believe it is to do it would just take some practice and if I can do it anybody else listening out there can do it so making your own cable is not that terrible
2: so anyways, uh, also for apps, just to make your life easier, I've got one that's, mm-hmm. you know, strange enough called Amateur Radio. And it's got <laughs> a, a whack of uh, antenna calculations. So I don't know if you can see all those, but if you want to figure out what type of antenna you want to make, it'll actually you enter the frequency. It'll come up with the lengths of the antennas you need, um, as well as a little fudge factor. Um, it's got everything from like a resistance levels, uh, decibel calculators, the whole works, and even what type of coax cable to use um, based on Look what you're that. doing. and yeah
0: Yeah, this is coax coax cable matters so
2: and it's free which is great
0: oh the price (laughs) is free so you are the product
2: yeah pretty much Uh, (laughs) what is
0: it tracking is the question
2: yeah well yeah (laughs) what i do with my phone (laughs) in my off time is my business isn't it It,
0: um yours and that applications
2: that's right i (laughs) have a question for you now so sure as far as like just buying like just a length of wire so uh as far as type of wire like are you talking like just uh you know people can buy like spools of like a lampshade power wire or speaker wire or like what Mm -hmm. kind of wire would you suggest and where would you suggest to get it?
0: Uh, So I've used speaker wire and it's worked. Uh, I I wouldn't push any crazy power over it. I was using just a little uh, QRP. So that's a low power. Um, It was actually a little, um, little pixie box. So if anybody's familiar with those, all it does is send Morse code uh, at like five Watts, but speaker wire worked. Um, it, it really depends on the amount of power you're looking to push through it too, but um, just some stranded, stranded copper wire will do what you need.
2: Yeah, so then you yeah. want stranded so it's, it's a yeah. all core so it actually can bend and and
0: exactly it just makes life easier. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the insulators for the HF and stuff um, yeah. is there like a go to like standard everybody uses for insulators or just come up with your own random?
0: Uh, the like the dog bone insulators usually is what I've seen the most of, but really whatever works for you.
2: And the um, on like Radio World, or where would you find those?
0: Uh, yeah, Radio World carries them. Uh, you'll find them there. You find them at your like your standard electronics shops, but uh, Radio World for sure carries them. GPS Central uh, will carry them as well.
2: Because I'm blown away, because like you go on Amazon and you say like HF antenna, and they come up with like yeah. some some HF antenna system for 128 dollars. Mm-hmm. You look at the parts, and it's like you probably get the parts for 10 bucks.
0: Yeah, but you gotta you pay someone their their time to build it, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can you can buy antennas and they're outrageously priced but it's a one stop done and it's ready to go right so it's yeah depends depends on what you want to do
2: um, another question too is if you had an HF antenna strung up across your yard and uh, you mm-hmm. put like Christmas lights around it just to kind of keep it hidden and everything else <laughs> uh, which is another idea that guy came up with is like if mm-hmm. you have like overhead wires or whatever just yeah pretend it's patio lighting and just just
0: Mm -hmm. call it a day so fun fun christmas light story um so josh uh who from ham radio crash course who joined us uh, a few episodes ago uh, around christmas he does um, christmas light antenna it's literally christmas lights and i made contact with him on his christmas light antenna on ft8 from here
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, i guess fantastic think. Well, I guess there'd be a little bit of a interference with the LEDs, but not much because they're so low power. But the, it is the, good thick wire, too, right?
0: The more power that he put into it, the higher the light slid up on the vertical antenna he had set up in his front yard. It's pretty cool. It was fantastic. It was fun. He does it every year for Christmas. So if uh, if you're looking for something fun to watch on Christmas Eve uh, this year, hammering your ever- crash course.
2: Huh. Have you ever toyed with the idea of doing a variable length HF antenna where you can actually crank and like you know shorten or lengthen the HF depending on what frequency you want to use?
0: I had not, but um, thanks for the idea because now I have another thing to build.
2: I was just thinking a big fishing rod with you know like our fishing <laughs> yeah. reel with something like that, yep. so you could actually like have an insulated one end, and I guess mm-hmm. somehow insulate the the reel, and then you could just like change it to to get the best signal out of the.
0: In theory, it works. Yeah. It would probably antenna.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean that's we we literally do that at work. So we have a we used to back yeah. in the old planes. We used to have like actually one that would actually change length. Huh?
0: Yeah. Anyway. And and if it's all reeled up, it would be portable too. That's right. I like it. Uh, I totally. Say, an if you
1: if you reel just just wrap up the uh, the antenna itself, I don't believe that changes the propagation or anything. It just shortens the length and yeah, it just tunes it to the different bands. Yep. That's all it would do.
2: Well, I think if you had one on a reel, like, uh, like you know, there's boat cranks or whatever, same yep, idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what
0: I was thinking of. That's exactly what I pictured when you said that.
2: Yeah, like a boat crank. And then basically, yeah, the spouse leaves for the afternoon. You kind of mm-hmm. run with it across the yard, hook it up, and then crank yep. it up. And then, uh, worst case scenario, you just hit the release, and it you know, yep. goes right back down.
0: Yep. Oh, she's home early. Hit the button. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, that's cool. And I guess, too, yeah. same thing if, uh, you know, just like uh, – I think scott was mentioning the other day when you know if i have ham plates and they're worried about you know yanking ham radio operators out of the lineup or whatever mm-hmm. same idea i think if you want to have a, a stealth antenna i guess have a, a plan to take it down quickly if need be too even if you're just bugging yeah. out too
0: yeah if, if you're worried about the government coming to take your gear and you're worried about your license plate you're you're already on this list called an authorized amateur radio operator
2: yeah i know they are they already know scott yeah. scott gets a little worried about these things that's why i just speak uh, for him.
0: yeah no that's what happens at old age right
2: he gets a little paranoid. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there myself.
0: So. Yeah, fair enough.
2: Uh, I think that was all my yeah. questions. Yeah.
0: I think you you've got grounding issues in here for Oh uh, yeah. For thing. So we should touch on that. Um, yeah, of course that's something that you you want to look at. Um, especially if you're doing kind of a permanent setup or semi permanent setup at your house and it's going to be up for a while, then yeah, you're going to want to look into some kind of grounding uh, for your antenna. Uh, for portable operations, when I'm out doing like the parks on the air thing. I don't worry about that at all because it's a temporary setup, and it's not something that I'm worried about being there temporarily. But yeah, if you're doing a permanent setup, you're doing it right. Yeah, you're going to want grounding rods. You're going to want all that kind of setup. But it's something definitely treat your mind to if you're doing, like I said, a permanent type of setup. But
1: well, and I if guess you're it, doing it at your house, would you not want uh, for sure a lightning arrestor of some kind? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you would.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: I guess the other thing too is going to talk about if you have a bare wire and you're doing HF and uh, stuff like that. If there is, I guess trees wouldn't matter per se. It's not conductive, but I'm trying to think of something that might cause a signal loss depending on what you're you're running it by or along or like if you know maybe some yeah. metal hardware on the fence or whatever might interfere with it. Or
0: yeah, no matter where you're running it, um, whether it's bare wire or it's um, or it's covered um, covered wire, it's. Yeah, you're, you're going to get some signal loss. You're going to get some absorption. Even if you're running it through trees, the trees will absorb the signal a little bit. Um, it's not going to be a significant amount, but yeah, yeah. wherever you run things, you want to be cognizant of running it along metal um, stuff like that. But like Chris mentioned, pens- oh, yeah, go ahead.
2: I'm sorry, Chris mentions he wants a tower with a big rotator on top.
0: Yep, yeah, so do um, I, Chris. Yeah, so actually,
2: <laughs> my uncle in Prescott used to have a uh, old style TV antenna. Yep. And often one of those would have been awesome because there's an old Yagi sitting on top of that thing, right? <laughs> and now my neighbor two doors down has the same setup where he's got like an old Yagi antenna and he's got an electric rotator. You can actually twist from his inside his ham shack and everything else. I'm like,
0: awesome. Oh, don't oh. ever sell that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list, but it's not very uh, inconspicuous there. Well, those are pretty obvious.
2: But most people think it's a TV antenna, right? They just yep. think, oh, you're just, you know, an old boomer that forgot to take down his old analog TV antenna. So no big deal, right? But yeah you could certainly use that as a directional one and be quite happy with it i would think
0: well absolutely um, a couple of other things i want to touch on here um, how do you practice this stuff so if you've got uh if you've got an antenna set up that you want to use if you have to bug out or you know shit, it's the fan and you're, you're going somewhere else or um, you just simply want to practice your antenna deployment how what can you get involved in or how can you do that Uh, There's a couple of uh, organized events throughout the year. Uh, Winter Field Day uh, happens the last full weekend in January, so it's already past this year. That's literally a day where uh, amateur radio operators go out. Uh, You can go out with your club, you can go out on your own, you can go out with some buddies. Uh, You set up your, your radio in a field in the wintertime. There's rules about it, there's there's some regulations about how you have to be set up and, and such. And then you make contact with uh, with other operators doing the same thing and people sitting at home if, uh, if they don't want to go set up, you can make contact and it's a good way to practice your, your deployment there. And in the summer, they do summer field day. So that's the fourth full weekend in June. Uh, so this year, that's June 26, 27, 2022. Same idea, but it's summertime. So it's probably a little bit more uh, comfortable than wintertime. Uh, depending on your uh, your comfort level with temperature, but same thing, out in the field, set your stuff up, and go and try to make uh, make contacts, uh, and then all uh, all throughout the year you've got parks on the air, so uh, that's li- literally going to um, uh, a different provincial park, uh, federal park, um, within Canada, uh, but it's all over. They're expanding. It was in the states, it's in Canada now. They're expanding all around the world, but you'll literally go to a park. Uh, they have them all designated on their on their website, and you set up your antenna and your rig there, and you make contacts with uh, with people that are looking to make contacts with park on parks on the air operators. Uh, it's a very popular, um, a very popular type of uh, activation. Lots of people are are doing that right now, um, so that's another option. And you literally it's temporary setup. if the park allows you to throw wires up in the tree. You throw wires up in the tree. If they let you put verticals up, you put verticals up, um, and you just practice that way. So couple of three, three different organized ways anyways. Cool. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun if you're a radio nerd like me. So
2: Well, by testing your gear too, right?
0: Exactly. It's yeah. You, that's where I learned that uh, my radio doesn't work that great with a mag mount on my truck, but it works fine with the vertical stuck in the ground with some counterpoises.
2: And it sure ruins your paint job too, doesn't it?
0: Uh, yeah. 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 I got a couple scratches on the roof now from the mag mount, but that's what it is, right? Yeah.
2: So. Well, actually, I took the, the idea from uh, Steve there and set up my little antenna. I've got an SBB, SBB2, call it, okay. uh, sitting in my office right now. It's just a temporary fix. I've yep. literally got it taped to my, uh, I guess, the spare bunk that I have sitting in the office from my daughter there. And I've uh, got SBB2 inside the house, inside the room, underneath the roof, everything else. Still picks up Vancouver, which is probably about 100 kilometers away yep. off the mountain uh, repeater so it works. It's just, uh, and I was surprised, but yes, yeah, it's, it's weatherproof. It's inside. It's not going to get struck by lightning and test yeah. it tested out. Well,
0: like I said, there's one thing to take away from this is don't be afraid to set up an antenna in whatever configuration works for the setup that you have uh, and, and works within your abilities to, to put it up. Just try it. The worst is going to happen is you're going to make a couple of contacts.
1: Yeah. There's a uh, one in the, the live chat there. We, you sort of missed, but it's from Carson Dudley, and he basically says, "I have terrific luck with a copper pipe J pole on VHF. I'm getting about 100 kilometers cheap to make. Good project with the kids." Yep. Ooh,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> we want to see that. Because yep. actually, I need not just I don't believe you. I just I actually want to copy it. So <laughs> yep. totally want to take a look at that. So.
0: Yeah, there's all like I said. There's all kinds of different designs. There's all kinds of different setups. Uh, it's just a matter of what's uh, what's in your your skill set to to build, or in your budget to buy, and then what's in your skill set to set up. So.
2: And that copper jeeple antenna doubles as some precious metals too.
0: It does. Look at that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Portable and it's worth money. Yep.
0: Yeah. I know you had a a question there, Jeff, right? About uh, a setup.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've kind of answered it, but um, where I live, I'm down in a valley and I'm surrounded by fairly tall trees. Um, So my question basically was, I don't want the huge metal tower up. What's my best option?
0: And you answered it in the question, fairly tall trees. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Wires and trees. Literally throw a wire up there in the trees. And yeah, that was, that was my big question when I first started playing around with antennas is how do I Set these up. Where do I put them? Literally anywhere. Wherever. Yeah, you at, can at the beginning,
1: them. my my from kind of reading a few things, people are like, "Oh, you got to get it above the trees, and you got to have line of sight, and you got to have," and, and I'm thinking that's that's not going to work where I am. But
0: yeah. it all depends well, on what you're trying to do.
2: And by the yeah. same token, though, if you look at like you know, uh, policemen and police cars sitting there working uh, off of a repeater with their little handheld mics, mm-hmm. still have to operate down in valleys with trees, and somehow they're able to do it with UHF. So. Obviously, it should work yep. no matter what the trees around or not. Um, the other thing I was going to mention too with that, like, so HF is one thing, but if you have um, uh, want to put a VHF or a UHF antenna up in the tree, and you have to run a, you know, I guess it's going to be an R- not an RG58 or what would you use for that, but it'd be a fairly long line anyway to get it, mm-hmm. you know, from your house to the tree, up the tree, probably a three or four hundred feet of line. What would signal loss on that?
0: And that's where the calculators come into play. Yeah, so depending on the type of cable you're running depends on the loss, right? So it's, yeah, it all depends on your setup. But yeah, the, the longer the longer the run, the more loss you're going to have. If you want to bring down the amount of loss, then you're looking at more expensive cable and it depends on how much money you want to spend. Yeah. yeah.
2: But we, we kind of answered Brad's question there too. He did ask if yeah. uh, can TV antenna can be repurposed as a radio antenna. I think it'd be a fairly yeah. short conversion. The nice thing about TV antennas, they have a mechanism built in to lower and raise them usually a hinge and a cable. Uh, so you can bring them down and tinker with them and throw them right back up.
0: Yep. Some of them has guy wires too. Uh, Chris here put it uh, very, very nicely. Uh, working on antennas is more an art than a science. It's a hundred percent right. Yeah, you can, you can get all wrapped around the the specifics and the it has to be this way or else that uh, that is out there in a bunch of uh, a bunch of literature and such. But it is literally an art set it up and what works for you, away you go. Hmm. Yeah, that's the part that really drove me insane when I first started with the whole antenna setup thing is I thought it had to be like the textbook explains it has to be this exact height, it has to be this exact setup, it has to be so perfectly done.
2: Well, that's my problem is I haven't Just, really gotten yeah. to external stuff because I you know, really wanted an Elmer to kind of hold my hand through the process, yep. but it's like, yeah, it's, those aren't forthcoming, so it's like, yep. uh, well, I'll have to figure it out.
0: Yep. Literally throw it up there and like I said, the worst you're going to get is a contact. It's true. Yep.
2: Or a great lightning show.
0: Or a great (laughs) lightning show. Yep. This is true. Just don't touch the wire when you're transmitting. Probably a bad idea. Yep. (laughs) All right. Any other questions uh, from the panel or the live chats before we move along? I think we've kind of touched on the basics here. No, they yeah. nothing yet. Yeah. No. I know there's gonna be a couple of sad hams that email me. I look forward to the yelling. That's all good. Uh you know. It is what it is. But shall we move into the podcast challenge?
2: All right. I was uh trying to figure out something that's somewhat relevant here, but let's just plan out a cheap or easy way to conceal your ham radio uh, or radio reception ability. So whether depending on what you're using, just find a way to conceal it and or uh, you know, cheaply put it up.
0: Tell us awesome. what you did. Awesome.
1: All right. Upcoming events. Uh, so we have the uh, annual preppers meet in Desborough. I believe it is the 7th to the 10th of July. I may be wrong yeah, on that. I you have to think that's it up, right. But, uh, I believe those are the dates. Um, again, it's a good, uh, good way to meet like-minded people and mm. get ideas. I know Eric, you've been there. You've done a radio uh, uh, presentation and, Yep. it went over uh, really well so um and then i mean like you like i said there's lots of like-minded people lots of ideas you know anywhere from i i i would think you name it it's there you know canning it is. gardening like you name it it's uh it's there so uh so if you're interested uh, that would be a good thing to uh, partake even if you go for one day walk around pick people's brains you're going to get some great ideas
0: yeah, it's like Jeff said, it's a lot of fun. I've been two or three times now. Lots of fun, lots of good knowledge and lots of really good solid people that aren't afraid to share the knowledge and don't talk to you like you're stupid for asking a question. Everybody just wants to share the information they have and they're happy to hear your experiences and knowledge as well. So good spot to go and, and check out. a uh, deal of the week.
2: All right, I didn't think it was possible but I found cheap ammunition in Canada.
0: C- come on
2: <laughs> yeah seriously um so yeah princess auto of all places tw- 250 22 caliber pellets at uh, princess auto for 5.99 versus 8.99 um 22 caliber pellets are actually hard to find to begin with but they hmm. managed to swing a bunch from there it's item number 8823130 and uh yeah i was actually shocked because you know like when you think about the upcoming Food issues. If you're gonna be eating squirrel, I guess it's a good silent way of getting it. Uh, Twenty-two caliber yep. pellets have a little more punch than the one seventy-seven. Um, while you're there, you release your inner yep. Allen, Pick up a firefighter's axe for twenty-four ninety-nine, <laughs> uh, which is a hefty discount as well. That's item eight seven two three nine three four. It looks pretty cool. So
0: think of all I, the yeah, carbon I, monoxide I you could let out by punching well, I, a hole in the wall with the axe.
2: I was just thinking of poses with the axe. You know, like you do your best fireman pose with suspenders. <laughs> you know.
0: Get the hat. calendar shoot calendar yeah. shoot i like it yeah yeah
1: uh i did look up the um the princess auto uh 22 caliber or 22 uh bullets there the sale ends uh the 31st of march so you've only got a few days if you're interested get out there and uh grab them you've only got till the 31st so
0: all right good to know uh anybody have any shout outs no sir all right well, then, let's move into uh, email and iTunes reviews.
1: So, we got uh, one from uh, Evil Von Scary.
0: <laughs> I like That's a good
1: name. Name. That is good name. Great name. Great uh, name. And his basic comment was just a good show. Listen to it on the Google Podcast. Looking forward to more. Cheers. Awesome.
2: We got another one from uh, Kevin regarding animal husbandry, uh, the animal husbandry episode, should I say. Um, he said, "Rabbit starvation from eating rabbit from uh, eating rabbit meat alone is real. It's the same as eating any lean meat. It's not that rabbit meat is not nutritious, but the fact that it does not contain enough fat and carbohydrates. So, if as for the nutrition, any lean meat contains the human body also needs fat and carbohydrates for complete nutrition. That's true. Um, lots of wild meat you have to add pork fat to make it like usable. Um, rabbit's no different. You have to add something to uh, complement it or else." Yeah, people died of starvation from it for sure. Yeah,
0: well, good to know. And we've got an email from uh, a listener who chooses to stay anonymous. Uh, it uh, was titled, Like the Show. It says, I hope this message finds your crew well. Uh, enjoying Canadian Prepper podcast so far, particularly enjoyed the OPSEC show. Uh, have you guys done a pen test episode yet? It would be really interesting to hear your take. I get it's mostly in the realm of physical, like cybersecurity, but could have some great lessons for preppers. Uh, Keep keep up the great work on the show. Cheers, and then uh, signed off anonymous. So,
2: what is a pen test episode?
0: So, pen test is uh, is penetration testing. So, it's either physically trying to gain access to a building that you shouldn't have access to, um, gaining access to a computer system that you shouldn't have access to, or really gaining access to anything um, that you shouldn't necessarily be able to access um, through either um, social engineering, exploitation of software, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it it'd probably be it's a skill set that. Uh, you know, you might have to use in a, in a shit hit the fan type of situation. It's people skills basically is what it boils down to on one side of it. And it's technical skills on the other side. So like my buddy, buddy, uh,
2: my buddy said he used to work at corporate security. He said, have a Starbucks in your hand, Mm -hmm. look the security guys in the, in the eye, say, Hey guys, how's it going? And just act like you own the place and they'll let you right in.
0: Yep. Or walk in with a, the Starbucks in your hand, a clipboard and look really, really busy or just start yelling on your phone as you walk past security.
2: Yeah, because like uh, the Starbucks uh, seems to give him the vibe that you're not a threat. And mm. it, he says it works every time. And he was doing yeah. pen, I guess what we, we would call pen tests uh, for his security job. And I was like, that's really interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a really popular field, especially in the last probably five to seven years. It's really taken off where corporations will hire people specifically to do this. So they're legal, uh, legally authorized to do it. Yeah. Uh, but. Nobody else in the corporation except some higher ups know that it's happening to make it as realistic as possible, right? Because if you tell a security guard, hey, by the way, pen test is happening today, they're yeah, that kind of gives the whole point up, right? So well they get uh, extra vigilant
2: and stuff, but yeah.
0: of so it's, uh, it's, it's, we'll it's, like cool.
2: yeah, guys like uh, watching the guys on the sky train that will like jump the uh, the turnstiles and stuff, you'd be amazed how many people will let people piggyback off them when they mm-hmm. swipe a security card or whatever just because they don't want to be rude or call upon it. Yep. It's Shocking, actually, to watch. So yeah, it's actually very good uh, thought for an episode. I I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in uh, in talking about that. So we will add it to the list. All right. Well, with that, I will bring uh, episode number 155 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, Please help us out and uh, take a second, submit a review. It does help other people find us.
1: And we record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, uh, please subscribe to your YouTube channel. Or to the YouTube channel, uh, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and I click the notifications tab, and that gives you an alert when we're going live. If you want to contact me, you can reach me at feedback at pepperpodcast.ca, and if somebody likes me, they'll let me know. There's a message for me.
0: I might send it Which to you. Via, won't get it. I might send it to you via e, uh, HF. Uh, there, Jeff. Once we get your okay. wires up in the trees. Via we'll Morse, I hope. Well, of course. Is there any yeah. other way?
1: <laughs> or, or send it by packet radio. Well,
0: there you go.
2: All right. Uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. And you can also find my Canadian Patriot Podcast, which is on iTunes and YouTube, recording Monday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern now uh, to the earlier start. Uh, I'm also in the Discord chat for both CPPs. Uh, email us if you want an invite to those. It's a lively discussion. Um, there you can find us discussing why government, waste, and society has me hiding antennas from the man.
1: <laughs>
0: well played. Yes, sir. Uh, please check out uh, rapid survival at rapidsurvival.com uh, you can get me there on the live chat uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca that I will be checking via winlink and my uh, concealed antennas so uh, thanks for joining us this evening until next time be prepared stay safe
2: and keep learning